Welcome to In My Bag with Backpack Jeff, where we connect with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I got a very special guest here with me, serial entrepreneur out of the Baltimore area, Krishana. How you doing today? Good. You doing good? <laughs> yeah. Happy New Year to you. Thank you. How has your New Year been? It was pretty good. It was pretty. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm -hmm. What do you have planned for yourself over the New Year? Is there anything you have planned for yourself? A lot, actually. A um, lot. I actually just moved all of my businesses into one building. Okay. So that'll be opening up on the first. That. Um, so I closed everything down for a little bit just to get everything moved. Uh -huh. So now everything will be open on the first. Okay. All right. So you said all of your businesses. Let's talk about all of your many businesses. Tell us. Um, I, I know some of the businesses that you have, and it's kind of how we connected. So tell us a little bit about uh, one of your businesses. I believe you tag, title, and mm -hmm. notary. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. How did you get into that? Like, what made you say, I want to get into tags, titles, and notary? So it started um, about five or six years ago, and I was looking for a job. I moved back to Baltimore City from Baltimore County, and my mom got me an interview at a tag and title office. Um, I was working there for about four years, um, and I was getting paid $200 a week for four years. <laughs> but I was making about $500 a day. I'm just a natural hustler. Right. <laughs> and it was to a point where I was running the whole thing. The owner never came. Wow. The only time he would come is to do drop-offs at the bank. And I asked him for a raise because I was tired of having to hustle for money. Uh -huh. He told me no. So I, it, they went from making, because I came when they first opened, they went from having no dealers or anything. So they were doing about two deals a week uh -huh. to about 20 a day. Wow. And that's, and that's off of your hustle. So like, what, yes. what, what does that hustle look like? Like, what does it take to, to get into that and actually start being successful at it? Like, are you, uh, are you going out and are you having conversations with these dealerships? Yes. Are you doing cold calls? Like, what yes. is that? Like, how do you get those deals with the businesses? So how I started getting, um, I really like to deal with wholesale dealers, um, because it's just easier, but I dealt with retail dealerships as well. I got my, um, license from MVA saying that I was a title representative. And I would dress up, you know, go to different dealerships uh -huh. and tell them what I could do. Not all tagging titles could do what I could do. So once they realized, you know, I was intelligent and I could really bring money in, they wanted to partner up with me. Okay. So what are some of the things that you offer that other tag and title places are not offering? Um... If you can share the secrets, you know what I'm saying? Because I because I get no, no, look, I, I get that you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to put it all out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you you can say I'm saving my secrets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, I look, I understand that we're at a point where, you know, you definitely want to share with people that is out there. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, you also want to make sure that you're being smart and right. diligent about your own business. Right. Okay. So, I mean, one of the things I do is like um, reassignments. Okay. So, basically, a reassignment is say you go get a car from a private owner um, and it's an out of state title. With an out of state title in Maryland, you have to have a reassignment with it. And they didn't know that. So, I tell them to come to my office. I fill out the reassignment, help them out a little bit so they can take it to NBA. Okay. And I charge $50 for my reassignments. Okay. All right. So you, you're like the, the one-stop shop of like the, the tag titles and notaries. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that. And I, I think that it's, uh, it's smart of you to want to, you know, we, we get put in these uh, positions where, you know, we, 
you're essentially bringing in way more money than this business is actually offering you. You know, I was listening to another podcast, the Social Proof podcast, and they said, you know, think about it. If you're working at a job and your salary is $100,000, your value is probably five times more than that. Mm -hmm. So you're they're paying you at 100000 but your value as like at 500000 yeah. And I think that that's what you understood was like you said, you're making $200 a week, but mm -hmm. your value is I'm bringing you in $500 a day. So oh, no, I was bringing them in about $3,000 a day. $3,000. I was making $500 a day. Ooh. Yeah, I got them way up in the four years I was working there. Okay. And so tell me, how, how, does, how do you transition into doing this on your own? Because this is a scary thing, opening up a business. And at this point, what being a single mom, yes. how do you, you know, how do you transition into that? What does that look like? Well, my very first business was the Tag and Title. That's why I call it my baby. Uh -huh. It was hard. It was really hard. Um, I cried so many nights. Nobody in the black community or urban community would help me. Uh -huh. Like it was like I would call people that had businesses, and they're like, "Oh, go down the state building." And I'm like, okay, where's the state building? <laughs> like, you know, I knew nothing. I <laughs> right. knew absolutely nothing. Um, so it was a lot of tears, a lot of hard work. Um, God told me to quit my job um, in January. Mm -hmm. And I quit my job. With <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, God. I lost everything. Okay. I lost everything um, to the point where I just drove to Ocean City with my children and just stayed in Ocean City for about a week. And just cried. Like, I came back. My, one of my cars got repoled. Wow. Um, I had nothing. Broke out with my boyfriend. Was home. It was it was bad. Mm -hmm. And about two months later, three months later, is when I actually opened my business. Like, God set it up to where I needed nothing, but I was losing everything. It was it was so crazy. Um, the landlord that I had for my tag and title, because it's a long process mm -hmm. with MVA. It takes months. Um the landlord, he didn't charge me rent. He wow. told me, um, just hold on. Just once I open, just pay him the back rent. Like, God was just providing. Wow. Um, in the middle of that huge storm. And when I opened, I just praised God. Um, I, th I, expected, I expected it to be like how it was when I first went to the tag and title that I, that I helped up, you know, bring up. My first day open, I had 10 deals. So I, I did really good my first day open, which mm -hmm. shocked me. But God provided. I, you know what? I, I think that you you were put in that position, like you said, you know, when you're at the bottom, there's nowhere you can go but up. And so, you know what I mean? You, you've you been through some things and, you you know, you've kind of uh, paved your way. You know, you paid your dues, essentially, is what I'm trying to say. You mm -hmm. paid your dues. And now, you know, you're in a position to where it's no, it's no surprise that you are successful. It's no surprise that, you know, like you said, in your first day, you were able to get 10 deals done, mm -hmm. you know, um, because of all of the things that you have done. So um, tell me, what has... What has been your biggest challenge in um, in business overall? Patience. Okay. Because I have four children and they like to eat and I have bills. <laughs> <laughs> Businesses, it just takes time and it takes patience. Um, the storms that you get when opening businesses, not everybody can stomach. Okay. Um, so I tell a lot of people, you're going to get punched opening the business. You're going to get gut punches, knee punches, everything. But do not stop. You can cry. You can scream. You can yell. You can be angry. But keep putting one foot in front of the other. Do not turn around. 
Mm-hmm. And that's all I did. And you know what? That's kind of where I'm at, like, with this podcast. Like, me and uh, me and Shep, my, uh, the, the guy who's working the cameras today, shout out to him. You know, that's one of the things that we were talking about driving up here today is that, like, yo, I'm so invested in this podcast right now that I can't turn back. Like, mm-hmm. I've spent $1,000 on audio equipment. I spent, you know, mm-hmm. $500 on lighting. You know, mm-hmm. I've spent another uh, $1,200. $2,000 on cameras, you know what I mean? And so it's like at this point, you know, they, they, they have that old saying, if you want to take the island, you got to burn the ships. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no retreat. There's mm-hmm. no there's no way going back. And so I think that, you know, you would take a lot from that saying is that, you know, th- there's no going back for you at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to burn the ships. So the only way to, to survive is to win the war. Mm-hmm. And I think you've won the war of business and it's shown through your successes. Um, so you have the tag, tag and title, you have the notary. Um, the way that you and I met, how, how did you and I meet? Like, did you, did somebody tell you Catherine. that Catherine? Okay. She told you that, Hey, this poet, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Okay. Shout out to Catherine. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to watch this, I appreciate you. I love you. And it's because of you, this dope interview was happening. Um, so I saw you and this, this, this was the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast was because I saw what happened at that event that day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, you did. Some, you just sent me the video the other day and I can't mm-hmm. wait to watch it because there was such a special <laughs> moment that happened. Um, you, you, you had this event. Uh, what type of event was that? The launch event. The, the launch of event. My nonprofit. Of, of the, of the mm-hmm. nonprofit. So you also have a nonprofit organization. Tell us about that first real quick. Um, it's called God's Vision Corp. Um, it's just uh, shelters for transitional shelters for women and children. That's um, one part of it. That's the big part of it, the, uh-huh. the long-term goal. Um, but right now we're doing courses virtual to just talk to single moms, encourage them, um, and help them be entrepreneurs. and tell, Just just restore hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I want to I, remind me after this to talk to you about something that I think that they would benefit from. So I just started, uh, I just started this new, uh, this new project and this new journey, uh, it's called the wind journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically it's a, uh, it's a journal where you write down your wins every single week that you have as just like a mm-hmm. reminder of who you are, a reminder of how far you've come, uh, a reminder of, Hey, look, when some things don't go the way that I want them to look at all of the things that I have done, wow. you know, successfully up to this year, because there's going to be something that's going to happen this mm-hmm. year that's going to derail you that's going to get you sidetracked and you're going to say oh my gosh man i'm ready to quit yeah. but the wind journal is just a reminder of hey look i've actually won a lot mm-hmm. more than i believe i have so uh, yeah. i would definitely love to talk to you about that for those uh for those women but so you you have you have the nonprofit organization and this was the launch party for it and i was there i was hosting and i was doing some poetry and stuff like that and um, you were giving away a car. You gave away mm-hmm. a car at that at that moment, mm-hmm. uh, that day. And I was like, yo, like she's actually giving away a car. Like I've never been to like a small, um, like like a smaller nonprofit organization mm-hmm. where they're giving away a car to somebody. And then what happens is the first the the first ticket that's called didn't she didn't get the car. She was gone already. Mm-hmm. The second ticket that was called, <laughs> I believe this person was gone already too. And wasn't it the, like the third or the yeah, fourth? Fourth. It was like the it, the third person that. And what's crazy is that like the fourth person who got called, she probably needed that car she more than did. any of them. She really the, did. The way that that lady cried and yes. she praised and she yes. screamed and she shouted and everyone screamed and shouted with her. Yes. I was like, yo. Three people before you had an opportunity to get this car, Not but they they were here, but they left. Mm-hmm. And so talk to us about that. What, what was that like for you? 
amazing. When you walk into your purpose, it feels so good. Um, I know what it felt like to be a single mom with no transportation. I rode the bus for years. I didn't even get my driver's license until I was 26. So I wanted to give back to someone that really needed it. Mm -hmm. And we made the process a little bit, not hard, but you had to do a little bit of work because right. we didn't just want people to just, oh, put their name and email. I'm going to win a car. Right. Um, and so many people didn't do it was like a, you had to do a 60 minute um video i mean a 60 60s. second video okay. sorry um and nobody did the video it was only like three or four people did the video she actually did the one the, the person that won she did a four minute video wow talking about god and why she needed the car and she just wanted to um drive uber and make money for her son and pay her bills and she won so I believe she deserves it a hundred percent. She definitely did deserve it. And again, I mean, you all just had to be there and just to experience. I mean, the DJ was going crazy at that moment. <laughs> and you know, there's like dun, 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 dun. and it, it was it was just so surreal when I saw it. And I was like, yo, I, I don't know you, but I was like, at that moment, I knew I needed to know you and I knew I needed to have you in my circle because I was like, yo, this to, to see what she's done for someone. Like, I truly believe the more people you can help get what they want, the more you can have what you want. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just being able to pass those blessings back into the world, that's something that you're doing. And so I appreciate you for that. And I commend you for that. And there are so many other people who have benefited off of the blessings that you have sown that you probably don't even know. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? We can't touch all of the blessings that we uh, bestow out in the world so um, congratulations to you on that thank you you are very welcome um so you have uh you have the nonprofit organization you have the tag title and notary business uh you and i we talked a couple of weeks ago um you're also opening up another business mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about this business Actually, two, more. two more okay yeah. <laughs> slight flex in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> not just one silly just silly backpack i'm opening two well let's talk about the first one first that i know about then we're gonna talk about the second one okay okay go ahead talk 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 to um, us about the one that i know about it's called full circle confidence um it kind of ties into the nonprofit a little bit. Okay. But it's a for-profit, so it's separate. Um, I help single moms. I help everybody, but my purpose is single moms. Uh -huh. The passion so, is in single moms. Yes. Yeah, I get it. So I help them open up um, businesses. Um, like just if Even if they just need help with an LLC, I never had anyone there for me. So I want to be that support system that I didn't have. Right. Um, so basically all of my, I have different packages where I help you open your LLC or I actually do all the work and get you inspected, your health, your health inspection, you know, your building zoning inspection. All mm -hmm. that. Um, that's basically it for that one. Um, I'm, that's about to be launched as well. I'm very excited about it. That's about to be launched as well. <laughs> yeah. So how, like, how are, how are you coming up with these things? Like, is it like, are you in the bed and you just wake up one morning like, oh, I got an idea. This, it, this is it. Like, is God talking to you in your sleep or like what's happening? It takes me a minute. Um, I, I'll read my word. I'll study a little bit and then something will pop in my head. Uh -huh. First, it was the name, Full Circle. And I'm like, mm, okay, wrote it down. Um, I studied, getting my word. Then something will come. God will be like, uh, you need to do virtual meetings with these ones. Like, it's just little things that come. And then within a couple months, everything comes together uh -huh. that's how i know it's god right I, I don't touch it until it's complete okay so now i've been working on this full circle thing for a while um 
but I guess it just wasn't time. And now it's time. Um, so I'm doing the back end stuff now as far as like the website's done, the, the um, cards are done, everything's done. So we're, we're launching next month. Launching next month. Is, is that one of the ones that's going to be launched on February the 1st? Yes. Dang, super excited. So what's the name of that? It's called Full Circle? Full Circle Confidence. Full Circle Confidence. Okay. Um, I, I like that, man. I just like that name. I, I love the way that people's minds work and the way that people's minds think because I'm the same way. And I, I think time, I mean, we all know the saying timing is everything, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But it really is because, and even when you think about the name of something like that, like when I first started doing motivational speaking, um, I, I was like, okay, what do I call this? You know? Mm. And then I was like, all right, let's call it um, young lungs motivation. But where did I get this from? I was at the YMCA and I saw a sign and it said, no smoking young lungs at play. Mm. And I was like, yep. <laughs> ah, I can use that young lungs. But at this time I was only, uh, I was, I'm pretty decent in basketball. And so parents wanted me to teach their kids how to play basketball. So I was like, I'm going to call it young lungs athletics because these are the people that I want to reach. Mm -hmm. Like the people with young lungs, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? They said no smoking young lungs at play. So I'm like young lungs athletics. These are the people that I want to reach. And so I never went anywhere with it. I did do some one-on-one -on -one clients and stuff like that. Um, but I, um, Again, I didn't do anything with it. And so like a, a year later, I got into motivational speaking and I was like, OK, well, what is it? Um, how I was like, you know what? I can still use young lungs and I can call it young lungs motivation because those are the people that I want to motivate. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that I want to inspire. And then at that at that time, I'm 25. A lot of people are like, yo, you're so young and you have, you know, your your mind on, you know what I mean? Your head's on straight. And so the motivation is coming from someone with young lungs mm -hmm. to people who have young lungs. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the poetic part. You ready? No matter how old I get, it will always be coming from Young Lungs because my last name is Young. Oh, that's awesome. That right? Awesome. Ain't that ain't that full circle, man? Like it's it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old I get, it'll always be coming from Young Lungs because that's my last name. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know how, but that's how I know this makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then also like uh, the 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 vision for it was breathing life into the goals and dreams of our youth, like breathing life, lungs, into the goals and dreams, motivation of our youth, young. It just, mm. it, it just all works. It yeah. just all works. You know, yeah. when you have a vision like you have mm -hmm. and you start to see it all work and all come together, you're just like, oh, my goodness, yep. this is it. <laughs> this is it. Um, all right. So tell us the uh, – so we talked about that. You have another vision um, that you had for a convenience store. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about this because con convenience stores can be a little tricky. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I we talked we were talking last night, and you know you said you had a little bit of a um, spat with um, doing what hot foods. Yes, I think. Okay, yeah. So talk talk to us <laughs> talk to us a little bit about the convenience store, and then we'll talk about that. Like, what made you get want to get out of that? Um. So last summer, I had a, a carryout. It was uh -huh. called ZNS Carryout um, in Baltimore City, and I lost so much money in that business. If you win some, you lose some. Um, the the part about it that I didn't like was that I I lost money because of someone else. My uh -huh. chef stopped showing up, uh. and um, the the whole situation was just bad. Like all of this food spilled, and then there's so many. Um, laws and regulations as far as like kitchens and health and all of that stuff, it was just too much for me. Mm -hmm. So I said I would never do it again. 
Okay. Um, so I said I wanted just a convenience store because I had snacks and stuff like that in there. And I love doing it. I love talking to the customers. Right. You know, um, they always came in saying how did they appreciate me. And I wasn't doing anything but selling them snacks. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would have a couple conversations about God, of course. But um, it was nice. I loved this. I said I wanted a convenience store. I told God I want a convenience store. Um, and a year later, I have a convenience store. And the way it fell on my lap, like, it literally fell on my lap. Uh -huh. I was looking in Craigslist for, like, I like to, um, I'm opening a thrift store, too. But that's too Oh, there. my so gosh. Like to We're going to have to have her on episode. <laughs> We're going to have to have her on a whole nother episode to talk about um, all of the these businesses. The thrift store is for the nonprofit, though. For, I got a lot of baby stuff, strollers, car seats, things like right. that. Right. So I go on Craigslist, and I look for free stuff to pick up. And I was on Craigslist looking for free stuff, and I seen a convenience store on uh, Bell and Edison, and I was like, "Oh!" And it's only two thousand dollars, and I was like, "I don't know." Wait, two thousand a month yeah. or like oh, okay? Yeah, to rent the space, but it's a really big space. Okay. That's how I put everything in one building. Ah, um, and I, I was praying and that, that too. and you know what? That makes more sense because now you're not paying uh, exactly. paying all of these renter fees. Come here, on, now eight hundred here, yeah. So okay, okay, keep going. Um. So we got the convenience store. It just fell in my lap. I was on Craigslist looking for free stuff to pick up for the dust store, and it came. Um, the lady was really nice. Um, she, I was in the middle of buying my first house, so I couldn't get my credit pulled. Um, rewind a little bit. About a week before that, I went and got my mail, and there was a letter from TransUnion. And when I get a sign from God, it's like it glows. Mm -hmm. I can't really explain it. When I see something, it glows. Right. And so I was like, I don't know what this is for, but I'm going to go ahead and put it in my glove department. So I put it in my glove department, and that's... You never Fast opened forward. it? I never opened it. Okay. Fast All right. forward a week, and talking to the lady, and she's like, oh, well, we got to run your credit because, you know, COVID and, you know, all of this stuff. So I was like, oh, I can't get my credit ran right now because I'm in the middle of, um, you know, underwriters and things like that. Right. So I was like, wait, what credit bureau do you um, go through? She was uh -huh. like, TransUnion. So I went to my car, <laughs> <laughs> opened up the letter, took a picture of it, and I was like, will you accept this? It's straight from TransUnion. I have a 790 credit score. It's straight from TransUnion. And she was like, absolutely. Yo. I'll talk to the landlord. And they accepted it. Yo. Like things like that just kept falling crazy. It, it was God. Straight it from Trans. Yo. Oh, my goodness. Like. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all I can yeah. say about that. I is called wow. my mom crying, <laughs> <laughs> tears of joy. Hey, mom, you won't believe what just happened, right? Yeah. So who? Okay. So you you said that. Who has been your biggest supporter in this? Because there has to be someone to to open three businesses, four businesses on the verge, and a nonprofit. Who has been your biggest supporter in all of this? My mom and my dad. Uh huh. A hundred percent. I cry, I scream, I yell, and they just be like, calm down, it's going to be okay. <laughs> just try to calm me down. They'll come get the kids so I could, you know, have some alone time. Like, if I need some money, they'll loan me money. Like, they, they have been the best, the absolute best. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you could say a thank you to your mom and your dad, what would it sound like? Woo! Um, just thank you for being you. Thank you for loving me unconditionally and being there no matter what. No matter if I was locked up, no matter if I was in domestic violence relationship, no matter what. I've been through a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and they've been there through everything, every single thing. I just want to say thank you.
That's beautiful. So we, we've talked a lot about your successes and, you know, where you are. Um, we haven't really talked a little bit about the journey and a little bit about some of the battles, because when people hear this, they're going to be like, oh, man, you know, she she had it good. And, you know, she Ooh. she's got a 790 credit score and, you know, she's got mom that would come and pick up the kids. And I don't <laughs> got that. You know what I mean? If you're enjoying this podcast, Anchor allows you the opportunity to show your support with a monthly donation as low as $4.99 per month. All you have to do is go to anchor.fm or your Anchor app and search In My Bag with Backpack Jeff and push support to choose the amount you wish to contribute to the growth of this podcast. All donations are appreciated and we thank you in advance for supporting In My Bag with Backpack Jeff, where we connect with ordinary people doing extraordinary things. And now back to your episode. What what are some of the life events that have shaped you? You know, I know that uh, at one point um, you were a dancer, Mm -hmm. I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. What made you like say that this is something that I have to do in order to get myself out of this situation? My children. If it was not for my children, I probably would be in the same situation. Um, They helped motivate me to do better Mm -hmm. um the reason why i started dancing was because we got put out of where we were living in laurel and i needed money Mm -hmm. and when i'm sorry when i very very first started my daughter was six months i got fired from um i was doing private duty nursing i got fired i couldn't find another job i was 18. wow um and a friend of mine was dancing and she was like girl you better come on you better come make this money daughter around the same age we were right. pregnant at the same time uh-huh. um and she was doing really good and i was like you know what screw it i was terrified but it paid the bills at the time mm-hmm. that's how i got into what, that. what what was a good night um um at that time i didn't really work in like city clubs at that time right. i worked in the county so a good night in the county probably would be like anywhere from 500 to a thousand dollars but you saying that that's like that's not a <laughs> that's, a, mean, that's a whole week salary. <laughs> Some people's whole week salary. Yeah. Um. You know, we're listen. We're not advocating going stripping no, and being a stripper or anything all. like that. We're just saying <laughs> that you know, at some point in time in your life, you have to do some things that you may not like to do mm-hmm. in order to get where you need to be, and those are very tough decisions. You hated it. You I hated it. it. I had to get. I think I became an alcoholic a little bit. I had to get, every night I got a runner to go get me um, alcohol. I would get uh, pain and alcohol, vodka, every single night. I had to drink it before I would go on stage or I couldn't go on stage. Um, and then you got the guys in there telling you, oh, you look like you should be in college. You shouldn't be in here. And I'm like, dude, can you just give me a dollar so I can pay my rent? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Just throw, this, just throw this 20 so I can get up out of here, bro. Like, I know that I should be in college. <laughs> So then I started lying, saying I was in college and paying for college, like because it was just it was just a niche, and I needed the money to help pay my bills for my children. Yeah, I mean, what that was in a, what a Kanye West song, right? You know, you start started stripping for college. You know, um, have you, you remember that song um, by City High? What would you do? What would you do if your son was at home yep. crying all alone on the bedroom floor because he's hungry? And listen, and the only way to feed him is to, you know what, what I mean? Not that you did that, but I'm just saying the whole, you know, the whole premises of it. You know, what what would you do? You don't know what you would do 
until you're put in those situations, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, where you're where where you are really tested and you got to you you know, you got to answer the bell, you know what I mean? You got to Hey, you got a six month old that you have to take care of. What is it that you're going to do? You know, I found myself when I was in college, um, I, I had to sell weed to put myself through school. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I could that I thought of doing it that would also be beneficial was I would sell it um, with a Domino's pizza. So like in order to not get caught, the only way that you buying this from me. Is if you listen, call my peoples over at Domino's, mm-hmm. order us order a medium or a small pizza. I'm gonna put the weed up under the pizza and they gonna deliver it to you. So wow. listen, we hey look. <laughs> <laughs> hey look, when, when when you when you gotta make ends meet, you gotta make ends meet. And I made that Domino's so much money, I'm telling you, and I didn't have to pay for anything from that Domino's because when people would call me for the week, hey, yo, hey, look, I got to order. They about to call you. When Jimmy call, you know, he going to order a medium pizza. Let me know. I'm going to come up and I'm going to drop it off to the, you know, I'm going to mm-hmm. give it to the driver. So then we take the weed. We put it up underneath the pizza. Hey, man, here's your pizza. That's the only way you can get it from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, again, you you don't know what you would have to do until you're put in those type of situations. Yep. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about some other um life events that have um that have shaped the person the woman that we see the woman of god that we see today (laughs) um i tell most people um when i speak that i've been through more stuff than most 80 year olds um so i really don't know where to begin um i've been through domestic violence i've been molested i've been incarcerated um you think it i've been through it so tell it tell us a little bit about your about the domestic violence like why why did you did you stay in the relationship? I left longer than you should. With my daughter. Okay. I was really young, and that's what's crazy. I was fourteen. Um, I left him when I got pregnant at eighteen. Mm-hmm. Well, I had her at eighteen, seventeen. Okay. Um, and I was just one of those girls that was looking for love in all the wrong places. I felt like because he hit me, he loved me, and at least a man loved me. Abandonment issues from my dad. Um, and I thought it was love. For a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. I just thought he loved me. He hit me because other guys were talking to me and he loved me. He hit me because some guy tried to get my number and he loves me. You know? Right. I that, justified it. You know what? We we definitely get to a point where we try to justify other people's um, actions mm-hmm. and we try to make them make sense. But even though we know deep down, like, this doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I dealt with a domestic violence situation where it was like, you better be lucky I'm yelling at you. That I'm yelling at you because I love you. I'm like, wait, nah, love... That love don't mm-hmm. have to love don't have to hurt you know what mm-hmm. i mean love shouldn't hurt it, it, it doesn't have to be some I, people complicate love and relationships so much love and relationships are very simple you know i do i do a live every tuesday uh on my on my instagram me and my guy mike smalls and the reason we do it is because we know that women appreciate genuine conversation mm-hmm. from genuine men. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't get to have that and you don't get to see that as often as you would like. So we try to have those genuine conversations. And so I've, you know, me being a man who dealt with domestic violence, you're like, oh man, you know, how are you 6'3", 216 pounds and you dealing with domestic violence? It's it's because if, if I did, you know, do anything mm-hmm then I'm definitely going, <laughs> then I'm definitely going down. You know what I mean? And I never called the police or anything like that because I was just like, I don't think this is something that people in relationships do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, you got, you know, you're the mother of my child. I don't want to, I don't want to see anything happen to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I definitely understand you there. 
you said um you said you were incarcerated at some point Mm -hmm. what 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 was that like and how for how long it was it was it was torture um i got locked up in 2011 for six months um when i got did you do the whole six months yes I don't know how. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm 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 tell you about my 26 hours because <laughs> listen, 26 hours for me and that was it. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna get yeah, to my later. Yeah, you dad. Um, it was really hard at first. Uh, when I first got locked up, I called my parents and cried like a baby, mm-hmm. and they told me they were not getting me out, and that hurt even more. But I'm thankful for that today. Yep. You needed I'll get to back sit. To that later. You needed yeah. to sit. I'm so thankful to, for that. For that, um, um, I called my son's dad. He, I needed seventeen hundred to get out. My bail was um, seven hundred and fifty thousand, and I needed seventeen fifty, which was one percent. I ten percent. No, one percent. Sorry, and um, he had a thousand. So he had to make the seven fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, all right, cool. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm gonna get out of here. And the next week, when he got the money, I got a detainer. A detainer means because I was on probation. I was on federal probation um, for <laughs> for something else. And um, the detainer said that if I left this jail, I had to go straight to the feds. Oh, I'm sorry, I had to go straight to the feds. Um, so I, I sat there and um, I cried so bad because I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. Um, we got a lawyer with the, the, the money that my son's dad had got together. Um, he wanted a thousand dollar retainer and he came up there to see me. He was so unprofessional, um, so unprofessional. Mm. And, his, and he ended up stealing my money. He came up there one time, oh. stole the thousand dollars, never heard from him again. The lawyer? Yes. Oh my god. Like I just I didn't know what to do. I had no more money. I had nobody else to ask. Um and it was tax time coming up. So I asked my mom to file my taxes. I used my tax money to get another lawyer, uh, which was thirty five hundred. Um, I think my taxes was twenty five and I needed another thousand dollars. Um, so my dad set up a payment plan. Uh-huh. The payment plan spread out, I think, five months. So I could have been out sooner, but I think what the lawyer did was stretched it a little bit so she could get paid because she needed to get paid before she went to court. But she was so confident. Um, Every time she came up there, she was like, you're going to be fine. And I'm like, you're not telling me nothing. You just keep saying, what am I going to get out of here? (laughs) Yeah, what am I going to get out of here? But um, besides all of that. The, the inside part is when I went to church every Sunday with the Bible study twice a week. I got a, a really close relationship with God. And I know most people say, oh, I went to jail and I'm Muslim and I don't eat ham. And, mm. you know, and they joke about that things like that. But when you actually go to, to jail uh-huh. and you see that it's nothing but time, it's two ways you can go. You could, you could find a religion or you could just be a criminal inside of jail and just keep getting more time uh-huh. so i mean it's a cho- everything's a choice mm-hmm. i chose uh, let me see what this god man talking about okay um and as the months went on I, I never read the bible in my life i went to church a lot with my mom but i you know i was a child 
Yeah. So I read the Bible finally, and I got a really, really close relationship with God. Um, like really close. Mm-hmm. I could tell you some stories. Okay. Um, found out that I was a prophet when I was locked up. Um, and things just it just got really good for me in there. Um, I got my GD. I never had. I never graduated from high school. I got my GD when I was locked up. I went to um class. Like I tried to better myself in there. So when I came back out. They told me in there that you got to do your push-ups because Satan waiting. He at them doors. You got to do your push-ups. So, at, so like your these are your metaphorical push-ups. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yo, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to put that on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do like do some push-ups with or some Bibles or something. Yeah. yeah. You have to because you got to get your spirit ready because when you step out them doors, everything's there. You, you, it's, a, it's minimized in jail. Everything that got you into that position is still going to be there when you exactly. when you get out of it. So exactly. and so were you I think they say what like 85% of people visit you know that went to jail go back to jail. Mm-hmm. Did you ever no. go back? No. So you so you so yeah, you're you're not a part of the 85% me me either. Uh, I'm not a part of the 85%. I'm telling you, look, I did my my 26 hours. Yo, I was I was supposed to be um on a uh on a a cruise ship and and this is this is very this is very honest this is a a very uh open heartfelt moment it'll be in the book you know um but so like i said i was dealing with domestic violence uh, with my daughter's mom and um she ended up getting a, a pfa on me so like um i there was one time where she was hitting me she had me by the neck and i grabbed her and i held her down i said look you need to stop or something bad is going to happen mm-hmm. so i got off of her and then i left and i walked out and then a, a week later the state police are looking for me they ready to serve me papers because i guess i held her so tight i think i left bruises on her mm-hmm. at that point and i'm like yo how in the world did like don't you you beat like you mm-hmm. you ripped shirts off me mm-hmm. scratched me you know what i'm saying did all of this and i never called the police on you but the one time that i'm defending myself you want to do this to me so i'm like all right cool so i have some lawyer friends you know what i mean again i'm a i'm an upstanding guy i have some lawyer friends that i play basketball with they're like the top lawyers in uh in fayette county and so i go to them and i'm like hey look man i got a little situation i need you to help me out with he goes uh yeah Jill, let's meet at my office i meet him at his office um and you know we talk about it. he's like you know what i'll do it for you i'm gonna do a pro bono and i was like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> that you speak in my language now you know what i mean you speak in my language and so um you know he goes and we her and i we settle out of court we say look jeff is going to take the uh the, the the pfa so in pa it's called a pfa protection from abuse if you're here it's called a cpo um uh cpo order but same thing but so it's like okay i have to stay away from her and my daughter for two years so at this point i'm like okay it it hurt and i cried myself to sleep like every night for like a month because at this point this is when um my daughter she has eczema she had her eczema and it was really bad at this Mm -hmm. point so she would scratch herself at night so bad that she would bleed like i remember one time i woke up in the middle of the night, I rolled over and just touched her, and she was sticky. And I woke up, and I'm telling you, it looked like a crime scene wow. had happened. And I'm, and I'm talking everywhere. And it was, and so to take that from me, I was like, yo, how could you do that? And how could you be so selfish? So fast forward up to this, um, six months, about six months, and she starts calling me and stuff like that, trying to get back. And I'm like, nah, look, I can't do this. You got to get rid of this PFA because I'm putting myself at risk. Every time I come around you, I'm putting myself at risk. Mm-hmm. And my uncles told me, my pastors told me the deacons at the church like hey look they're going some women will try to set you up some women are going to try to set you up or they 
always want to have that control to know that they can, um, you know what I mean, uh, call the police on you or something like that. So I'm doing really good in the insurance business. I'm doing so well. I went in all expenses paid trip to the Bahamas. I went in all expenses paid trip to Jamaica. Mm. And so, you know, me being stupid, young and dumb. I asked her, I go, okay, I want you to come with me on this cruise to the Bahamas. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just that we you know we've been frustrated and we just haven't had no time just to be in love again and stuff like that. Come with me on this cruise to the Bahamas. She go, okay. All right, cool. Um, before the ship sails off, they run your criminal records to see if you are running away from a crime or wow. something like that. They ran my record, saw that I had a PFA against me. Well, who is it with? Wow. Oh, this person. Oh, this person is also on the boat with him. He can't be, even though she voluntarily came on the boat. Wow. We, t we, we flew from Pittsburgh to Florida, even though she voluntarily came on the boat. And my na last name is Young. And so I was the last person that they checked. And so they brought me downstairs. They brought us downstairs. I saw the two police. I saw the like four police officers there. And I was like, damn. He was like, you know why we here? I say, yep. She starts breaking down crying. I'm like, nah, don't start that shit now. I told you already that this was possible. And we need, and you needed to handle this. I don't want to do it because they're going to make me go through some classes and do this. And they want to make sure that you're not trying to force me. Am I trying to force you? Why are you not dropping? Why are you not dropping this thing? And so now I end up, I'm, I'm supposed to be waking up in heaven on a cruise ship right. in, in Nasu, Bahamas. <laughs> On the big, my company wow. rented out the biggest cruise ship in the world for all of us. It was just us on the cruise wow. ship. Woke up in hell. Wow. I went, so I, I did get to eat. And then, um, so I get, so they, they take me to the jail. And, you know, this officer said to me, he said, you know how they say nice guys finish last? Mm -hmm. He said, they don't. The stupid ones do. <laughs> and I was like, touche. Mm -hmm. <laughs> all, all I can say is touche. Wow. And then, so, um, I, I get there, they like, yeah, you want to eat? And I'm like, nah, man, I just ate on a cruise ship. Thank God. I'm, I'm not going to be here too long. I'm going to be out of this joint, man. Out. They put me in with the real cut. Like they took all my clothes, everything. Like, I had, the only thing I had on that was mine was my boxes and my socks. Wow. They gave us these slides that like, phone. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not a hard criminal. Like mm -hmm. I'm like a soft criminal, bro. <laughs> I'm not, I don't need to be in here with the thugs. Mm -hmm. You can tell that there was some 40 drinkers and some Henny drinkers in there because they was coming in talking like this because, <laughs> yeah, what up, little young? You know what I'm saying? Like, this your first time? <laughs> I didn't did that. And I got dry throat. <laughs> I got dry throat now. But look, no, nah, so we're in this room. They give us a food tray, and it's an apple, peanut butter, and honey, and bread. Now, think about that. You got you. They want you to make a peanut butter and honey sandwich with an apple and nothing to drink. <laughs> you are trying to kill. Can oh you imagine God. trying to swallow some wheat bread <laughs> with peanut butter and honey on it oh. and then flushing it down with an apple? Y'all are trying to kill me up in this <laughs> joke. I know that's what y'all trying to do. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want this. Then there's um, there's this little glass. Right. And they they, they try to. Uh, they, they try to leave the door open, but this dude kept walking up to the glass like, yo, I want my phone call. So the COs, they getting pissed off. They close the door. Boom. And then the old head is like, dog, you got the door closed on us, man. You got the door. What the hell, man? Like, it's 15 of us in this mm. small room. 
like and the, and then a the little it's like a little pee hole there's no there's no stall wow. there's a pee hole in the Ew. floor i'm telling you look they say they say they say you go to florida or for vacation and come back on probation this is not a lie right this isn't a saying that they just no this is really real so it's just a little pee hole. so the dude who got the door closed on us he falls he's falling asleep he's drunk or high or whatever he's and so the old head is like no nah, dude wake up you ain't going to sleep you just got the door closed on it so he literally wouldn't let bro go to sleep <laughs> at all yo i'm dying but so this it's a horrific experience i'm in here like eight hours now so they're like all right we're going to go to our sales so we go to our sales or whatever and they're like um this was a saturday and it was like all right you and i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be here until monday right, because there ain't yep. no court on the weekends <laughs> but we did a virtual court on sunday oh, wow. because in florida this happens all the time Oh, okay. this happens all the time. So we did a virtual court on Sunday and they're like, and I'm like, all right, well, everybody else is getting bail. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm gonna be good because this is my first defense ever. I'm a college graduate. You know, I, I work <laughs> at a nonprofit. I'm the, you know, worked at a nonprofit organization. My record is pretty good. I'm gonna be fine. She goes, uh, $2,000 bail. What? And so I didn't know about the 10% thing. No, she says a thousand dollar bail. And I'm like, what? What? Ma'am. <laughs> I was with her like she she was okay coming with me. I wasn't a criminal like I'm not like a like I'm not a real criminal. You know what I mean? But I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Um, And so um, like they I I, I get uh, I get the thousand dollar bail. So I ended up getting bailed out at one hundred dollars. She ended up dropping the charge because, you know, obviously she didn't want that, you know, to be something that was that was on me or I mean, obviously because of the nature of it. But so in there, um you could like the only numbers that you could call were local numbers on those mm-hmm. phones. Oh, I don't have any local numbers in Florida. Florida yeah. So I, I, and I don't know anyone either. Uh, and so I'm like, yo, who in the heck do I call? So I'm calling bail bondsman. They have this little TV yeah. screen out there and it flickers like every three seconds. And I'm like, how in the hell can you remember a number <laughs> when it flickers every three seconds? Like, who's going to do that so what i did was in the phone book somebody ripped out all of the bail bondsman's numbers so what i did was and it's interesting because when you're put in this in a space of confinement um your mind starts to work mm-hmm. even better than you think right so i ripped out numbers in, in in the phone book so i ripped out like three ones three twos three threes three fours all the way to nine and so i would go to the uh to the board and i would wait for the screen to flash and i would just pick a name and i'm like all right Area code 757. So I would go to my bed and I would put 757 here. Then I would go back and I would wait for it to come back too. Wait for his name to come back. All right, 363. Then I would go back to my bedroom. I would go 363. Then I would come back. Then I would be like, all right, last four numbers. And I got it. I'm like, all right, now I got this number. Now I can make this call. And I had to do that for like five bail bondsmen before I eventually got it. Um, the water in jail is absolutely trash. Um, especially in Florida, I'm, I'm a drinker. I drink a lot when I talk or even just during the day when I eat, I drink a lot. I had one styrofoam cup of water and like this big, and I didn't even drink it all. I'm telling you, they put dirt in the water. Like you can taste the tap water. Like, you know how people say you can taste tap. Nah, you can taste it, but I'm telling you, they added some extra dirt. It was brown in the cup, yo. It wow. was, but dude, if you're going to go to jail, don't do it in Florida. Right. Don't do it in Fort Lauderdale. That's where Jesus. I was at. <laughs> oh my, I'm telling you, when I say this joint was bad, this was the worst 26 hours of my <laughs> life. They gave us a bologna and cheese sandwich. The bologna wasn't even circular. It, it like, the bologna, like, had, like, bit, 
I, listen, I don't know what happened up in that joint, but when I got out, I was so happy. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, yo, I will never go back here again. And um, I thank thank God I never did. Um, and I'm doing much better with not putting myself in situations awesome. to go back. So how you did six months? I st- I learned to love that baloney. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't want that bologna now. No, I don't even eat bologna. <laughs> <laughs> for that very reason. I stopped eating noodles for like a year. Really? Noodles are like steak in jail. Yeah. Noodles are like steak yeah. in jail? And they're like a dollar a pack. Oh, man. Did you see anybody ever make like the, 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 the jail grilled cheese sandwich? Oh, the, uh, we made wraps. Wraps? How did, yeah. how did you make the wraps? Well, like the iron. Yeah, I have no iron. What did y'all use? Yeah the microwave we um you get a big bag of doritos or any kind of chips like if you want spicy chips Uh crunch it up put some water in it and you make dough out of it yeah you put in some plastic and you smush it down look you you adapt you smush it come on now put the noodles in there get some um some little um sausage links or if you got a friend in the kitchen they bring you chicken don't ask me how they bring it okay (laughs) (laughs) okay she got the plug okay look get get in there good with the people Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh and you just wrap it up, put it in the microwave on two minutes, and you got a wrap. And you got a wrap. Okay, I'm a. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not saying that I'm going to try that, but I'm just going. I'm just going to take. Only with it. an industrial microwave, though. Don't try it on the regular microwave, because when I came home, I did that, and I almost blew up my grandmother's microwave. <laughs> <laughs> so, and on an industrial microwave. So, the, yeah. okay, all right. Um, <laughs> y'all duly noted. All right, so look. Um, we're at the point of the podcast where I usually like to get into this thing called um, in my bag. And it's basically some questions. Now, I forgot the questions at home, but I do remember some of the questions and I want to ask them to you. Uh, and basically it is uh, we're looking at 2020 um, and, and retrospect. So um, some of the things that happened in 2020. And then we're also going to look at um, 2021. Uh, excuse me, I, I, I used that word wrong. Retrospect. Retrospect is for 2021. Um, but so we're also going to look at 2021 and some of the things that you're going to be um, doing in 2021. So uh, first question, um, what was something that surprised you in 2020? COVID. COVID. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, how did you adapt to COVID? So being single mom, you have four kids that are in school, virtual learning. How does that work? So, the beginning of 2020, um, everything shut down in March. Uh, All small businesses shut down in March. And nobody was expecting it, especially me. Um, So, everything was at a standstill. At that time, I was renting an apartment in Elkton, Maryland, right at the Delaware line. And it was hard. Mm. It was so hard because having businesses for, for the past couple years, I didn't need for much. And COVID just stopped everything. To the, like, I was paying bills with my savings. It was to the point where I had $100 in my bank account. Um, and it was so bad. Like, it was... I felt like... Okay, my biggest fear is to go back to a homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. I've been in so many in the past. And I said never again. Not for my children and not for me. Um, and I was so scared that that's what was going to happen. Um, I actually tried to kill myself. Wow. Yes. Um, I took some pills. A friend of mine reached in my mouth, snatched them out, grabbed me, helped me down to the ground, and just prayed, screaming prayed out loud for about 15 minutes until I just calmed down. 
Um, and the reason why I did that was because I'm a firm, you know, I believe in God, I believe in hell. And I would never try to kill myself because I don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. I want to be with my father. And it was to the point where Satan was just in my head like, you know, you ain't good enough anyway. You know you wasn't going to be nothing anyway. You know you're going to be back in a homeless shelter. And then it was start, It was just, it was getting bad. Like my mm-hmm. mindset was just getting bad. And it was to the point where I was like, I'm on, I'm on hell on earth. So what? You might as well go down there. It might be easier. So even with all of the successes, you're still having this inner battle with yourself. Oh, yes. You're going to have that battle forever. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I'm at a way better place. Way, way better place. This was the beginning of last year. Once I tell you what happened, then okay. you'll understand why I'm in a better place. Okay. Um, so I sucked it up. Um, okay. I, 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 I um, told my friend, thank you. <laughs> Not at that moment, but <laughs> eventually right. I, I told him, thank you. And, um, I got back into my word. I started, I talked to my mom, I talked to my dad and it was still hard, but I had to turn it around. I had to change my mindset. I had to start praying. When you're going through a storm, Satan uses everything and everybody, especially someone with an anointing on their life. I know I'm anointed. I know I have a purpose. I know what my purpose is and I'm walking in it. Mm-hmm. So he tries me so hard and um, he got to me. But shortly after that, um, I, I, um, I fasted. I prayed. I said, God, you know my heart. I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what you're doing, but I trust you. I'm crying, but I trust you. Mm. And I want to say about a week later, a friend of mine was like, hey, you heard about the SBA loan? And I was like, I'm not doing none of that uh, stuff right now. I need to pray. <laughs> yeah. I, need to get, I, need, I, can't, I can't focus on none of that stuff. I yeah. can't get stressed out. He's like, just go, just try it. Just try it, Sean. You're so smart. You never know. So I did the SBA loan. And I was like, I ain't going to get it. You know, Satan's still in my head. Like, um, and... I still was praying and fasting about, I want to say a month later, I got a text message that I had $63,000. And Mm, mm, I mm. I was driving at the time. It was an email. I was driving. When the email came, I pulled over. I couldn't do nothing but cry and just praise because I thought that this was it. That the business was done. Yeah, that it was it. All of everything that you worked for. All my work, everything. I thought this was it. And when I got that money... I said, you do love me, you know, mm-hmm. that unconditional love that, that, that. But you know what that is though? That's, that's you giving away that car a year and a half ago. That's, yeah. that's, that's all of the mothers that you've helped open businesses and provide them shelter. That's what that is. Like mm-hmm. that's paying. I mean, paying it forward. Like literally you, when, when you do something out of the kindness of your heart, you have no idea what you're going to get back mm-hmm. in return. You know what I mean? And there have been so many small businesses that did not make it mm-hmm. from this COVID thing. Mm-hmm. But to say that your business it has made it mm-hmm. and you're about to open up two new businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else could that be <coughs> other than... Th- excuse me. Three new businesses. We want to make sure that we're getting it right. Three new businesses. And uh, I mean, what else could that be other than this is your purpose? This is this is what you are here for. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the midst of everything, there there's just nothing that could have tore you down. Mm. And that, that's beautiful. So 2020. Uh, so that's, man, that's just such a beautiful story. So in 2021, what will you be congratulating yourself on a year from now? 
Mm. Not giving up. Um, and the slogan of the full circle is mm -hmm. helping one mom at a time reach spiritual, emotional, and financial freedom. That's my goal. Okay. That's my goal. So hopefully in a year, I can say I've helped these women one by one mm -hmm. to to get to the root of their issues and see why they keep becoming homeless, see why they keep chasing after men that, that are no good for them. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's what I'll be congratulating myself on. I, I, I know you will. And let me be the first to say congratulations to you on accomplishing your goal. Um, we gonna, yeah, we, we just going to put that energy out there. All right. So um, how do how do people uh, support you? How do people getting you know s support the businesses is what's the websites uh i'm definitely going to make sure that i put the websites up uh, on the podcast uh so it'll be on the youtube it'll also be in the uh in the podcast bio but tell us the websites uh the nonprofit god's vision and the website is godsvision.info okay um and then the full circle is fullcircleconfidence.com okay um, all of the events and everything will be on the websites. I keep them. I keep them updated for the most part. Okay. All right. Um, so, is there anything? So, if you, so I, I've I've never done this before, right? Um, but you're gonna be the first one to do it because I know you said you wanted to be a motivational speaker, and mm -hmm. you're kind of stepping into that lane. <laughs> yeah. You got 60 seconds right now. <laughs> what? And there, there's a, there's a room full of people Ooh. that are that are, that have come here. They've came to hear you speak. You got sixty seconds. What are you going to say to these people? As like your fair, as like your farewell. You know, this is this is what you you know what I mean. Your farewell. Mm -hmm. What are you going to tell those people in sixty seconds? Um, if you get nothing else from this podcast and from me talking to you about my experiences, I hope that you get some hope and know that. No matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, no matter what gut punches you get, never stop. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and trust God. Have faith. Um, study. Pray. Get in his presence. And I promise you, it's going to be the best decision you ever make in your life. That's absolutely beautiful. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us. This has been an excellent conversation. Yeah. I feel like I know you so much better uh, after this conversation. And I just can't wait to, you know, to continue to follow you, follow you on this journey. Um, and I think it's I mean, I, I know you're destined for greatness. And, you know, I can't wait to see some of the things that we are able to partner on in the future, because I definitely think that we're going to be able to partner on some things. I don't know what it is yet, mm -hmm. you know, but, I'm, you know, maybe your fifth business of 2021, <laughs> You know, you'll let me in on that one. Um, all right, y'all. So this has been another episode of In My Bag with Backpack Jeff. Today we were in our bag with Krishana, serial entrepreneur out of Baltimore. God, a fearing woman, an amazing all-around uh, woman, mother, daughter, um, all of those things. Um, don't forget, uh, like, comment, subscribe. Um, you can also, if you like this podcast, if you want to support this podcast, don't forget that you can go onto the anchor app and you can support with a monthly subscription as low as 99 cents all the way up to, uh, nine, nine And then in the middle, uh, there's a four ninety nine per month. So you can support this podcast, support us and what we're doing. Um, it takes a lot to be able to do this, but we love doing this and we wouldn't change it any other way. Again, in my bag with backpack, Jeff, you know, I'm always in my bag.